welcome to Pixel Tunes Radio, a podcast where we have fun talking about video games and video game music. I'm Mike. And I'm Ed. And this is our 50th episode. Hooray! Can you believe it? I am so drunk right now. <laughs> On coffee? <laughs> On coffee. Yes. Caffeinatedly drunk. Yes. Yes. I'm there with you. Celebrating. Yes. <laughs> I have my Pixel Tunes mug and I am good to go. I have my large chain coffee mug. <laughs> Not the ones that are in trouble for putting stupid holiday cups out that don't have snowflakes on them or whatever. Anyhow. <laughs> So, episode 50. So not only is it our special 50th episode, it is also an episode that is a multiple of 10, which means free pick competition. Boom! This is free picks to Turbo Hyper Fighting. Turbo Hyper Fighting Edition, super special ultra fighting KO 64 version. Which means by the end of this show, you'll have a huge scar on your chest and an eye patch and all your hair will be gone. And everything that you say will just be the words, and I'll be doing uh, uppercuts in a waterfall you'll while be, credits roll over my face. <laughs> you'll be doing your own echo. <laughs> People will just be like, why? What is going on? <laughs> so we've taken six tracks each, and this is a battle of wits, if you will, a battle of musical wits. Uh, I've picked six tracks, Ed picked six tracks, as usual, but this time around, we're doing it like we did in our previous Free Picks episode, where we combine these tracks into themes. Categories. Categories. Humorous categories. Yeah, we basically pit one song against one song in six different categories, and then we put up the track listing on both pixeltunesradio.com and facebook.com slash groups slash pixeltunesradio. And listeners, your job, should you choose to accept it... You better accept it. ...is to vote (laughs) per category. Yes. Which... Which one of the pairings is your favorite? Yes. And then Mike and I have a little face-off, and we determine both on number of songs right. total, or number of votes total, right. for each post, and then the second category would be which number of songs right. won, because it's not always even that way. So it's last not. time... Last time we had a tie. We had a tie. Yes. Yes. Which is weird. Yeah, so this is hopefully a tiebreaker. Yes. It would be nice. And uh, I don't know, we will have to decide what we are going to do, what, what the loser's going to do. How about the winner yeah. gets a host pick episode? Ooh, I like that. That is good. So if you win, you get a, you get a free Mike's pick episode. Ooh. And if I win, I get a free Ed's pick episode. I am on board with All this. right, we'll yeah. do that. You know why? Because either way, we get some amazing tracks. Yes. Yeah, so anyways, we're going to give you guys time to get your votes in. So the results of the contest will be announced on episode 52. Right. The way we schedule it's our recordings and releases is only like yeah. three days from the time that we release this episode to the time we record the next one. Right. So, so you have a month. Will basically. Yeah, 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 exactly. And we'll, we'll give you the exact date that we're going to be recording by the end of the show, what date you need to get your right. votes in by. So let's start off with our first category. This is the one we like to call Infectious Grooves. Ooh. And we are going to start off with Sonic Rush for the DS. This is Mike's pick. This is Back to Back. Back to Back. From Hideki Naganuma and Teruhiko Nakagawa.
Alright, welcome back. That was my pick, Sonic Rush. And there was a little track called Back to Back. Game was released in 2005 for the DS, Nintendo DS. And that was composed by Hideki Naganuma and Teruhiko Nakagawa. Have you played this game? I have. Yeah, it's pretty fun. It's not that bad. Yeah. Yeah, for a handheld Sonic, definitely one of the better ones out there. Yeah, I think the advanced games are kind of like a precursor to this. and not... Spiritually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the advanced games too. I, I kind of think I like the advanced games a little better than this one. I, I dug it. I didn't like the map that you that you you're you're kind of traversing I don't know it felt too Mario-ish I don't know yeah I was okay I mean I basically focus on like the gameplay and stuff and yeah. I like the fact that it took up both screens yeah true and that your like little UI would like travel between screens mm -hmm. so you would always know how much coins you had regardless of which screen Sonic was on at the time a lot of this one is irrelevant yeah well I mean it's Sonic <laughs> It's a continuation of the advanced games because Cream the Rabbit is also in the game as well. So you, you ever think that they just kind of start naming stuff just randomly? Like they, 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 they have like a dartboard. Dartboard. And they just take, they're like, all right, so we could either land on Cream the Cat or Blaze the Rabbit. And then they throw it and they're just like, oh man, Cream the Rabbit and Blaze the Cat. Darn. I was really gunning Maybe. for Cream the Cat. <laughs> <laughs> so Hideki Naganuma was the lead on this game. Very, very evident because his soundtracks for Jet Set Radio. I was just going to say, yeah. And Ali King right. all sound very, very similar to this. It's actually really cool that he was able to pull off this style of music on the DS, because everything yeah. is sequenced. True. Whereas, you know, on the other games, they were streaming, you know, CD quality audio. Mm -hmm. So he kind of turned the DS kind of MIDI style programming into this really cool kind of Chemical Brothers style big beat music yeah, station. Get this like really cool like vocal loop that just keeps coming back, and it's it's great. I, it's it's a really fun, energetic track. And the thing I really like about this is you could seriously play this on the radio and nobody would know. Like, this is like a really fun, popular yeah, song. Yeah, most of his tracks are like that. Yeah. Uh, especially on Jet Set Radio, there are a lot of full vocal songs that right. just sound like something you'd hear on like the electronic music station on like, you know, satellite radio or yeah. something like that. His co-composer, Terahiku Nakagawa, is a longtime Sega employee. Started off on Virtual Racing Deluxe in 1994, and that's got a great soundtrack. Yeah, worked on uh, Guardian Heroes, Night Warriors, Darkstalkers, Revenge. He did a lot of music porting and programming. Right. So that's why I surmised that Naganuma was the lead, and I think that Nakagawa was probably more responsible for helping Naganuma bring his trademark sound to the DS right. hardware. Yeah, that's a good point. And it saves a lot of memory in the game too when you're sequencing music instead of using streaming audio as right. well, so that left more room for well, what is a pretty sizable game. Sonic yeah. Rush is, is oh, pretty got big. a lot of good stuff in it. Yeah. So so your your case for this music, why should people vote for you, Michael? I just think that it is a really bouncy, fun track, and you can't help but nod your head to that, it's to true. that bass line. We have to credit the Kingsmen and their song Louie Louie yes. for that guitar sample. It's sped up, but you know, Naganuma blends it into the song really well. It sounds like a remix, yeah. but he makes it his own. It's definitely got Naganuma's trademark sound Absolutely. in it. Absolutely. Alright, let's see what Ed's got for us. This mm. is a game called Break Quest. I've never yes, heard of this one. This is super duper obscure. It's a PC only game. The music is from Drax, otherwise known as Thomas 
Mogensen, and this one is called Noisy Pillars 2001. And we're back. That was Break Quest on the PC. A version of it also came out for the PSP, but it was kind of a miniaturized version. It had some edits here and there. 2002, and that was Noisy Pillars 2001 by Thomas Mogensen, who also goes by Drax. Yes, Tell Drax, us about this game. It's a breakout-style game, so you're like bouncing... Like a clone of Breakout? Uh, I'd say an enhanced version of Breakout. Okay. You know, it uses that style gameplay, but... It has its own physics engine. Some of the levels have uh, gravity that you can increase or decrease to help you get through the levels. Mm. Things swing on pendulums and strings, and there's enemies that come down. So it's a really well-drawn and, and, and fantastic-sounding, as you can tell, yeah. game. Uh, it's, it's actually free. You can head over to Nurium Games, so nurium.com, and there's a link there where you can go to the BreakQuest page, and you can actually download the game for PC for free. And, and check it out. The music is from Maniacs of Noise. Uh, they're actually credited right there on the title screen. Now, Maniacs of Noise is a demo scene music group headed by Eurointel. Eurointel went by the name Wave, and so uh, Thomas Mogensen, who composed this particular track, went by the name Drax, D-R-A-X. Okay. And they were all composed in Mod Tracker, which was originally the software used to compose Amiga tracks. So that's why this game sounds so much like, you know, an Amiga scene demo kind of deal. Right. These songs were originally written to be scene demos and trainers and, and stuff like that, and they were adapted to fit 
into the game. And I just love the melody and the, that bass groove in this one is just mm -hmm. absolutely fantastic. Especially when you're playing a game along to it, it just keeps you really energized. The name of the category, the infectious groove category, this nails it. I mean, this is a great pick. I think that as far as the audio quality goes, it's really well done. Like it sounds sharp and it sounds crisp and clean and there's no fuzz at all to it. And it just sounds like they knew what they were doing when they put this together. Yes. It's a great track. Drax has composed hundreds of Commodore 64 and Amiga soundtracks and all different styles, everything from reggae to like guitar solos and flamenco style tracks. This is kind of like your more traditional demo scene style song, very fast and memorable melodies, and it just kind of shows off the capabilities of the mod, mod tracker software. If you guys like this kind of music, there is a uh, project, which I can't talk too much about, that uh, me and uh, a buddy, uh, Brian from Pixelated Audio, we are working on, where we might be bringing more of this music to you in podcast form in the future, but I don't want to say too much. Not too much. Not too much. Mm -hmm. Just that much. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that is Break Quest, and I hope you enjoyed it. That concludes the Infectious Groove category. Well, you never told us why people should pick your track. I just explained it, dude. It's got an awesome groove and amazing <laughs> music, and the game is free, and you can go play the free game, and I just told you about a free game. Isn't that worth a vote? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> so what do we have next? Oh, well, it's time to turn the lights down low, light some candles for the clothing optional category. Yeah, even though it's a clothing optional category, it doesn't really sound like what the category sounds like. Well, you know. You're not gonna turn your lights down low to this one. Well, the clothing's optional, so you turn the lights down low. And then you're gonna turn on this track? Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah, well, I guess, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I'm gonna rub up on my anime body pillow. That right. I, that I totally and your have. And your O-Pipe mouse mat. Yes. 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 All right. So tell us what the next track is. The next track is from a game that I really enjoy. It's called, it's my pick, obviously. Uh, Senran Kagura 2 Deep Crimson. This came out on the 3DS last year. Actually came out this year in America, North America. Uh, the track is actually the intro, kind of anime cutscene title track, Beyond Light and Darkness. And this is the vocal edition, which does have vocals. And the song is composed by Tatsushi Hayashi with lyrics by Riku Ono with Ryuta Kinoshita for Prayer Souls.
to handhelds and adult video stores this winter. Senran Kagura 3, Snowed In Edition. Man, I love the previous games. I wonder what sexy swimsuits the girls will be wearing this time around. But wait, what's with that title? Snowed In Edition? Are the girls going to be wearing swimwear in the wintertime? That wouldn't make any sense. That's right, it's wintertime and we're tired of coming up with an excuse for you to ogle cute girls. So, they're just snowed in. Meaning... Well, there was a terrible snowstorm, and, well, they can't leave. Okay, so no ninja fighting? Nope. Well, how do they get naked? Oh, they don't. You take control of each of the girls as they sleep, eat, and lounge the day away. Ugh, this sounds completely boring. It is! Between watching the girls watch a marathon of Christmas movies all bundled up by the fire, to spying on them as they eat an entire crockpot of chili, You'll never want the adventure to stop. Yeah, there's gotta be some form of clothes shedding, right? Wrong. 
turn down the dial on the thermostat and watch the girls put on layer after layer and blanket after blanket. Ugh, this is the worst. Right, the best. Coming to the NoFriendo 3DS and the SUNY Staycation Velveeta. Welcome back, that was Senran Kagura 2 Deep Crimson for the 3DS. And that came out last year, 2014, came out this year in America. Beyond Light and Darkness Vocal by Tatsushi Hayashi. And lyrics by Riku Ono with Ryuta Kinoshita for Prayer Souls. It's in Japanese, so I have no idea what they're saying for the most part, aside from some random, you know, from my one semester of, ja of Japanese. Uh, you know, the, the random Watashi Wa or Watashi, you know, saying I. But yeah, man, I love this track. Um, I picked this game up recently when it came out. I actually pre-ordered it. I guess the elephant in the room that we have to talk about is the, the boobs. The, the ghibli jubbly boobs. Um, it is definitely a very pandering, fan service -y cheesecake game. I'm glad you said it, not yes, me. Yes, no, absolutely. You cannot play this game without being a little embarrassed for yourself, in all honesty. It's a fun game. Uh, let's talk about the gameplay first off. It's a 3D beat-em-up. So there's these rooms that you enter into, and... It's a 36 double D beat-em-up. Yeah, 36 double D beat-em-up, exactly. Um, there's these rooms that you enter into, and you're playing as one of the characters from the game. There's this group called the Hanzo Academy. It's a long story, but basically there's... There's girls with boobs that fight against girls with smaller boobs. Yeah, that's what I got much. from it when yeah. I watched the the playthrough. <laughs> it's based on an. <laughs> they pretty much made this game franchise and then based an anime around it. So there's an anime, there's a manga. It's it's a whole big thing, but the the girls are all very busty. You can also transform your character so that she's wearing her like power outfit, I guess, if you will, which is basically like a, a skirt and and a, and a top, like a sweater vest or whatever, and. Um, all the girls have different like weapons and abilities. Some of them are like brawlers. Like this is one girl who's like the like sexually advancing type girl. Like she's very like dominant, and she's like the the beat 'em up like queen, if you will. Like she you know she uses her fists primarily. There's another girl that has like a uh, machine gun. You know the the stereotypical like leader girl. You know just like the leader of the group or whatever. I don't know. I don't really focus too much on the characters specifically. <laughs> Um, but How about the music? That's what we're here for. Yeah, the, well, you know, the, it's important to talk about the game, too. Yeah. So, But it's a beat-em-up. It's really fun. One of the mechanics and one of the reasons why this is clothing optional is when you're attacking all these other characters, the enemies, if they happen to hit you, then it, it slices your clothing. And so your clothing starts to come off, starts to get shredded, and the more damage you take, the more your clothing comes off until you're basically wearing a bikini. And then if you lose all your health and you're just you know you can pose the girls in like various different poses and stuff it's again it's a very pandering i'm game. blushing just thinking about yeah it. no seriously <laughs> but as far as this track goes it's a fantastic song it's very anime-esque so it's it's right out of it like if, if you told me this was from an anime show or if this was the song from the anime intro of the show i wouldn't doubt it because you've got really excellent soaring japanese vocals that, that's kind of my main thing with this track is you can have an awesome guitar riffage type of track where you've got this awesome like squealing guitar in the bit in, in the beginning the really cool intro and then it kind of settles down and then it kicks off with this really awesome riff and it goes into the eventual vocals 
the girls are trading off. So you hear these different voices, and it's each girl from the Hanzo Academy that's singing. And who knows what they're singing about? Talking about how they like big butts and they cannot lie. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think of the track? Nah. Not your, this not, is not my style not, of music. Not, not your cup of tea. It's a very long track, and like by the time it's three minutes in, I'm like, oh my god, is this over? Yeah, it's I, long. It's yeah. actually surprisingly yeah. long. No, I'm not a heavy metal fan. I mean, this sounds to me like any generic Arch Enemy, Iced Earth song, you know, that that. Oh, no, no way. Not no. Arch Enemy. No, definitely not. Maybe a little bit more Iced Earth. This is very Japanese. Like, it's symphonic, because it has those elements. You have those light synths kind of coming in, brushing in. Uh, during the vocals that kind of uplift it. The harmonies of the vocals are really what are like the, the shining grace And I kind of wish the the guitar was a little louder to be honest um, but shuddering the, the, <laughs> the, I don't know it, it's it's a great track. So yeah, this is clearly where our musical tastes yes. do not intersect <laughs> at all however, the next track is a little bit more on the heavy side. This is about as heavy into the rock genre as I get. This is from a game called Gachitora, Abarenbu Kyoshi in high school, or Roughneck Teacher in high school. This is a PSP game that came out in 2011. This is called Battle One from Yasushi Asada. Welcome back. That was Gachitora Abarenbu Kyoshi in high school for the PSP Battle One, written by Yasushi Asada. 
and that's, like I said, about as heavy as I get with my musical tastes. <laughs> uh, I like to call it like dance metal or dance rock. Yeah. It's uh, got very dancey beat, but there's that kind of chuggy guitar riff underneath it and the, the really nice keyboard melodies kind yeah. of overlaying the whole thing. This is the kind of music that I kind of listen to outside of video game music, that kind of industrial-ish dance with like a hint of rock thrown into it. I just really enjoy that genre. I obviously like my track more, but um, it, it's it's got a good beat to it. I like the beat that kind of goes with the guitar in the background, the yeah. kind of like, you know, almost like pulsating guitar, if you will. Yeah, it's got a nice little chug to it. Yasushi Asada, I guess, is most well known for contributing to Castlevania Judgment, which, yes. again, has a very similar sound. Which we played on this. the first Castlevania Correct. Episode. Yeah, it was one of the last tracks we played on that episode. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, he does he does this kind of stuff. He's also contributed to the soundtracks of uh, Super Monkey Ball, Banana Blitz, and IGPX Immortal Grand Prix in 2006 with Masaharu Iwata. So, the game itself is pretty interesting. Again, these clothing optional games are always <laughs> beat-em-ups. Yeah. You play as, like, a Yakuza boss who ends up finding himself as a teacher in a high school and it's a high school for troubled kids and so the way that he eventually gets these troubled kids to come around and and want to participate in the school and their education is to beat the crap out of them oh that makes sense yeah so he's basically beating them into submission but he uses fighting techniques to have them bare their souls to him so like to open up their feelings and about what's troubling them and kind of like a school psychologist as well as a teacher kind of deal so he's a jack of all trades kind of teacher yeah <laughs> and, and 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 a yakuza boss yeah um, of course but the, the the way he does that is his special moves like they metaphorically open the student up but they also knock their clothes off at the same time this just sounds wrong <laughs> this is like the worst teacher ever it's not like it's not like one of those sex cells kind of games right. when when you knock the students clothes off it's like they're all they're like bathed in like this blue background and like there's white covering them and it's all very glowy yeah, so you really don't specific spots it covers like almost all of them right. so it's it's very tasteful in the sense of the the, the nudity like you know they're supposed to be nude underneath it Taste full side. Right, right. But then yeah. it's almost like metaphorical because then once they start talking to each other afterwards, their clothes are instantly back on again. Okay. So I guess they probably just did that as a way to like put it in the trailer to get people interested in the game. But then the game itself is actually just a really cool kind of fighting game. So so people went in for the boobs and left with a moral lesson? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And of course, you know, the guy that you're playing as, he decides to, you know, not be in the Akaza anymore and he becomes a teacher and everybody's happy of at course. the end. And it's cool. Yeah. It's fun. Uh, a lot of the music in this game is more electronic. It's mostly like the battle sequences. So it's it's very much like a visual novel where there's a lot of talking and discussion between characters. Uh, it's all in Japanese, unfortunately, so I could really, you know, kind of skip through those scenes. Right, but right. there's there's a good amount of dialogue. The scenes are kind of like where people are frozen, but the camera will move around them, which is very popular for that style of game. Sure. But the graphics are, are excellent. The characters are very well drawn, very well animated. The backgrounds are nice and crisp and clear. Playing with my PSP on the TV, the graphics looked mm. fantastic. There was very little like blockiness or you know yeah. a lot of that stuff that you usually get in those PSP games. It's worth checking out if you understand Japanese. You'll obviously have a much better time, but it's sure. definitely playable without without knowing the language. Cool. So. so why should people pick your track versus my track? So for one, I feel like this is video game music. You know, the track that Mike picked was more of like a anime theme song, like Aww. like you said. 
Boo. Also, I don't know. I mean, I'm not being a metal fan. I just feel like this one has more melody and Oh, it's, no way. Yeah, well, to me it does, and we'll leave that up to the listeners. This has, so, my track has unbelievable harmony with the vocals. Like, you just can't. It's just, it. I don't know, it just sounded like a bunch of Japanese girls singing over some guitars. Singing, yeah, vocals, harmony, but, uh, I don't know. I, like I said, dig it. I like I like the, the really slick blend of analog instruments and digital instruments in, in my track, and I just felt like it was better, so that's just my personal right. opinion, brah. We'll, we'll leave it up to our listeners to decide what exactly. track they like better. I think this one's going to be very much like a Mike's taste versus Ed's taste as far as like who they like yeah. more. Yeah, no, I the, agree, the song, I agree. So. All right, well, what's our next category? Next category is the Game Boy, oh boy, that's good category. This is two Game Boy soundtracks from two amazing composers. We're going to start off with Mike's pick, Action Man, Search for Bass X. I've been waiting so long to play something from this, and now's the right time. Game Boy Color, this game came out in 2001. Actually, both games came out in 2001 that we're going to be talking about today. This track is called Moon Base 2, and it's by Iku Mizutani. That was Action Man Search for Base X for the Game Boy Color. 2001 was the release date. Moon Base 2 is the track. The composer, Iku Friggin' Mizutani, love this track. I agree. It is a very nice plodding beat underneath yes. it. And the melodies are very tight, very nice. I mean, what you, you got to expect that from Mizutani. Yeah, absolutely. He's just well known for that stuff. Songs that you can easily kind of transcribe to like overdriven guitars and just have it sound like a really cool rock song. He does a really great job transitioning guitar into Game Boy keyboard, or keyboard, yeah. Game Boy, Nintendo type sound. Just nails it. 
I really love the bending notes and the harmonies there. Like, One of his fortes as well. Love it. Yeah, so I, almost, I almost feel like he imagines it being played on the guitar or actually plays it himself on the guitar, yeah. records it, and then like, you know, duplicates it in his performance. This is a very Castlevania-ish track as well. Yeah, now that you, you mention it, I definitely hear that. up and down, like ascending, descending harmonies mm -hmm. that, this is like if Iku Mizutani wrote Castlevania, if you will. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. As far as the game, I would love to do a dude you haven't played this game on this. It's actually probably going to happen next year. The game is an action game. It's kind of like an evolution to Mega Man in a weird way. Yeah. Kind of. So, I feel like it's back a step from Mega Man, but... I, I don't know. I kind of feel... Well, here's why I feel All right, like it's I'll an hear evolution. you out. Go for it. So... You play as Action Man, and obviously it's a search for base X. I don't know, that's the plot. Where's that base? You're, you're facing off against this evil villain. So the whole thing is based on the Action Man cartoon. Action Man is like Europe's G.I. Joe, if you will. You start off with four levels, and it's a platform game, action platform type game, very similar to a lot of Natsume's uh, 90s Nintendo games, like Shatterhand and you know uh, Shadow of the Ninja, those type of games. So you're going around, and you're going from place to place. You know, you get four levels to choose from in the beginning, but when you beat each level, you get an item, and you can use that item to advance in different parts of each level. So like, for example, you start off with like a gun and a bow and arrow and you get an outfit and you can pick between different weapons and different outfits that will help you get to different levels. Like you can't go to the underwater levels unless you have the underwater suit. You can't climb the uh, the cliff level until you get to uh, the, the cliff outfit. Um, <laughs> cliff outfit. Yeah, which is basically a pair of shorts, which, uh, why? So it's a rock climbing outfit. Yeah, yeah, rock climbing outfit. Okay. Exactly right. But it's literally him in shorts. Like that's the outfit. Well, maybe it's got the right shoes for yeah, climbing rocks and you know, know those I'm little clippy things and being silly. I but <laughs> depending on what level you pick from, you can choose by pressing. I think it's like select. You can choose the different missions to pick from, and when you do that, that allows you to kind of, it gives you an idea. Like okay, so if I'm going to this underwater level, I'm gonna need the underwater suit. So you have to beat one of the levels to get that underwater suit. So the more weapons you collect and the more outfits you can collect, you can combine them to do different things. And what's really cool is, let's say you screw up and you pick the wrong outfit, you can exit out and then you can pick the right outfit. Like you can start the level over and pick the correct outfit that you want to do. I kind of wish that you could do that on the fly and that you didn't have to exit out of the game. Like you didn't have to exit out of the level and start over. The actual controls are not that great. I mean, they're they're very, that was my main that was that what was I would call like right. a de evolution of right. Mega Man because the controls were very slow. Yeah, uh, jumps were neither here nor there. Yeah, like when you there's to. a delay. Yeah, that's the problem is there's a, there's a delay with everything you do. But what I like about it is that there's always a pattern that you can develop on your own. Like the game has its own rules, and as long as you follow those rules you'll do well in the game. Yeah. Like, I also didn't like that the enemy bullets were so big. Yeah. They were really hard to dodge sometimes. Some of the enemies are really hard to hit, too, they depending shoot on these what huge glowing have. red orbs at you. Yeah. And that's your that's the standard bullet. Like, right. that's as small as they get. And your yeah. character's pretty tall, you know? I've played the first four levels and played them multiple times. I don't know, I just really enjoyed it. First, when I started playing it, when I got the game, because I, I literally, this is one of the rare situations where I bought the game for the soundtrack because I heard the soundtrack first mm. and was like, I have to play this game. Got the game really cheap. You can find it really, really cheap anywhere you go, eBay, whatever. Well, with a name like that, people aren't really gonna be 
<laughs> the name is almost kind of a turnoff, you yeah. know, Action Man. Yeah, it's very generic sounding, but it's actually a pretty cool game. So I, I definitely recommend if you're looking for something different to pick up and you want something that has a soundtrack that's going to keep you going, check this game out. As far as Iku Mizutani goes, do we really need to talk about him? No, not really. <laughs> I mean, he's amazing. You know, we've talked about him before. We're talking about him now. He's awesome. Go check him out. Perfect. Oh, 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 and people should pick this track because it's Iku Mizutani. Sorry, I just wanted to add. Oh, 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 yeah, right. I see, yeah, I see. that's why. I see where you're going with Like, that. I don't know who you picked, but as long as it's not Tim Fallon, I think people are just going to be like, dude, it's Iku Mizutani. Like, got to go with Mike's pick. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, those people who remember the Game Boy episode in my track from Das Geheimnister Happy Hippo Incel... <laughs> Uh, which was a lot of people's favorites. Yeah. This is Autophantin Commando Stodebaker for the Game Boy Color. This came out in 2001. This is from the composer of that Happy Hippo game, Stello Dosis. And this is Divorstadt, which translates to the suburbs. Divorstadt. Correct. Let's go.
That was Autofent in Commando Stodebaker from the Game Boy <laughs> Color in 2001. That was the second level of the game, Devorstadt, which means the suburbs from Stello Dosis. Now, he was also a scene guy just like Drax was. His name was Archon, and he was also a composer of hundreds of Commodore 64 and Amiga tunes. But this one was a Game Boy Color jam. It was a jam. It was great. It was very, like... I don't know, I don't want to say ragtime, but it's like ragtime jazz, kind of like boom. Like a jazz, yeah, like that like intro is kind of like 20s, 30s, yeah. almost feels a little bit. Yeah. His his composing style, at least on the Game Boy Color, is very thick. Mm-hmm. Like, all of those sounds are so meaty. Um, I really, really, really like the arpeggios in the background, mm-hmm. and just his his beats are super thick. Like, that, that bass that drum really kicks. Really good. It's another one of those games, just like the Happy Hippo game, where the game is extremely simple, but the music is, like, worth playing the game through. Right. This game is based on the Autophant series of cartoons and comics, so it's kind of like a family of elephants, and they live together, and it's like the hapless dad, almost kind of like Homer Simpson, <laughs> and his he lives with his 90-year-old father, too, who's like this like war veteran, but he's like this badass. So it really is and, Simpsons. And, yeah, basically, yeah. and they have this one-year-old... Maggie. Kind of, yeah. So, the the one-year-old, the little baby elephant's name is Bruno, and that's who you play as in this game, and he's looking for his stuffed toy, and so he kind of starts off in his, in his bedroom, and then goes out of the house, and then, like, ends up in the neighborhood, and he's, like, going through all these, like, perilous, like, there's a one-year-old just, like, toddling through the world, like, trying to find his toy, and so the game plays very much like Adventure Island. It's an auto-scroller, and it's a run-and-jump kind of deal, and you're jumping on things to collect stars, to keep your energy up and dodging enemies, and every once in a while, if you get enough stars, a skateboard will appear, and you end up on a skateboard, so it's really kind of like a different version like of Adventure, Adventure Island. Island. almost. Yeah, yeah I was yeah, just going to say. Exactly. Yeah. So you're not Master Higgins, instead you're a baby elephant. Of course. Yes. As always. Of course. <laughs> uh, this whole soundtrack is absolutely amazing. It's totally worth a listen. This is one of my favorite. The level one and level two tracks are my two favorite I don't know, man. I just I can listen to this all day long. You can listen to baby elephants all day long. Listen to baby elephants all day long. It's a very cute game. The artwork is very well done. It's uh, got kind of a comic drawn style, kind of like a cel shaded deal. But all the like the curtains in the background are all kind of like blowing in the wind, and there's like light bulbs on the ceiling that are like swaying back and forth. There's a lot of activity on the screen. So even Mm -hmm. though the game itself plays kind of simple, there's a lot to look at while you're while you're going through these levels. Yeah, visually, both of these games are actually very impressive for their time. I mean, they came out later on in the Game Boy Color's life cycle. Game Boy Color came out around, like, what, 97, 98, right around that time. Yeah. And so this was very... Both of these games came out in 2001. They're very late in the life cycle of the Game Boy Color. And Action Man has a lot of really impressive visual aspects as well. Like, when you shoot out the lights in in the cave levels, the, the lighting kind of fades back in and it's really yeah impressive. when you go into caves in action man yeah. too the whole screen kind of dims yep. but it's not like the light itself dims the colors the themselves colors dim. dim it's a really yeah. cool effect it's very cool after having that much experience with the game boy color i'm sure the programmers knew you know oh, all absolutely. these little tricks that they can mm-hmm. do and not sume they were always even their nintendo games were mm-hmm. always like top notch in terms of graphics and animations so they continued that over to the game boy color this auto fenton game or adi fenton game it at least audio-wise, sounds like something Alberto Jose Gonzalez would do. 
It, it's got that yeah. sound that kind of resonates that that he does. Same same you know really area. Bass you know Euro- European yeah. chip tuners. Right. They're all kind of like they have that same number of influences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's very different to hear a Japanese track, which Iku Mizutani, very Japanese sounding uh, track and action Castlevania-ish to go to something that's a little bit more jazzy, a little bit more fun, happy, yeah, kind yeah. of bouncy. G- Gonzalez's tracks are always very, like I said before, bouncy. Right. Uh, while I think Dosis's soundtracks have a little bit of a darker... A little bit of a kick darker, to them. Yeah, darker, yeah. thicker, very meaty feel to it, yeah. like I said before. So it's kind of easy to tell them apart a bit, but... You know, they both are absolutely fantastic. And yeah. we'll actually have a Gonzalez track later on in the show. It's not a Game Boy Color track, but we'll kind of show the differences in yeah. between their, their composition style. So that'll be neat. Very good. So let's move on to our next category. That was Game Boy, oh boy, that's good. So that was Mike's pick, which was Action Man. And my pick, which was Autofantin, Commando Stodebaker. This is the Wings and Things category. Wangs and Things. Wangs and Thurns. Ermagerd. <laughs> Ermagerd, Wangs and Thurns. Wangs and Thurns. Wongs and thongs? Wongs and thongs. (laughs) (laughs) So what's our first track? Our first track is actually not something that I would normally pick. Yeah, I was kind of surprised at this one. But I heard this while playing this game, and I was like, this is such a great track. I need to put this in. This is from a game, a very frustrating title, but a very fun title called Kid Icarus Uprising for the 3DS. It came out in 2012. And this is a track called Magnus's Theme, and it's by Yuzo Koshiro and Natsume Kamioka.
Boy, I sure do love to bake. But in all the video games that Nintendo puts me in, I'm just flying around shooting bad guys with my bow and arrow. What's a boy to do? Looks like your wish has been granted by Lady Palutena, Kid Icarus. Wow! Is that what I think it is? Yes! It's your chance to wow the audience of gamers all around the world with your first ever cooking action adventure, Kid Icarus Joe Rising. Sweet! What can I do in this game I'm starring in that I had no idea existed until now? Using your bow and arrows combined together, you can shoot recipe ideas down from the sky. Grab the ones you like the best and get to the kitchen for some baking. Ooh! Ooh, pepperoni bread! Oh, this sounds amazing! Alright, now players, touch the stylus over the dough and begin kneading it with the A button. Now, rub in some flour with the L button and rotate the analog 90 degrees. Uh, uh, whoa! This is getting tough! Press the select button, X button, Y button, and triple tap the A button to really give it your all. Uh, oh, my, my hands are getting tired. Is there any way we could make this any easier? Now, using the gyroscope in your system, rotate the dough into the pan, all while slamming the Y button repeatedly to start laying the olive oil and pepperonis. Wait, wait, slow down. I can't keep up. Wait, press the Q button. Huh? There is no Q button on this system. Lay cheese down with a virtual reality headset. Uh, that's not something that exists? And finally, use the frying pan stand to place your handheld onto it to maximize your ability to play this game. I... I give up. We do too! Buy Kid Icarus Dough Uprising today to make all your favorite recipes insanely difficult. Now available on the Nintendo 4DS. Frying pan essential when playing the game. Please note, this game was not play tested. Children under three get your parents' permission. Welcome back. That was Kid Icarus Uprising, and that was from the 3DS game. came out in 2012, and that track was called Magnus's Theme. It's also known as Magnus and the Dark Lord on the official soundtrack, and that was composed by Yuzo Koshiro, believe it or not, and it was arranged by Natsumi Kameoka and also Yasunori Matsuda. Now, the, we were talking during the break, and I knew that Yasunori Matsuda worked on this soundtrack as well. There's tons of composers that worked on Kid Icarus Uprising. Nintendo really brought out some of the heavy big hitters for Japanese composers to work on this. And when I'm listening to the track, especially that, that amazing melody that's playing during the beginning, it's kind of like really up, like up, no joke aside, uprising <laughs> melody that, that just builds and builds, and then it kind of uh, flatlines into this really like beautiful melody. It's it's just it's really well done. This is how you get me to love orchestral music: is put amazing melodies and harmonies into a song. So when I first heard this. I flash back to Chrono Trigger, like no joke. I was like, this sounds like something out of Chrono Trigger. And I knew Yasunori Matsuda worked on that soundtrack as well. So I figured this was composed by Yasunori Matsuda. Turns out that's incorrect. So he did do arrangement with Natsume Kameoka. Um, Yuzuko Shiro has dabbled in orchestral music before, of course. And I mean, if you hear like some of his older soundtracks for games like Act Razor, Legend of Oasis, yeah, definitely. Legend of Oasis as well, yeah, that was a fan. Actually, I just played that game for the first time yesterday, Neat. last night. Hmm. It's really good. It is. Yeah, it's like a kind of like not top-down action RPG. Top-down action RPG, very similar to Zelda. But Kid Icarus Uprising, the game itself. Oh, 
man, I want to <laughs> love this game so bad, like so bad, but the game has a very complicated, complex, difficult to love control scheme where you shoot with L on the 3DS and you move your character, Kid Icarus, with the analog stick and you use the stylus uh, on the touchscreen to aim and shoot. The problem is, is that you have to hold the system while doing this and the system is heavy. Like, you know, the 3DS or even the 3DS XL, they're both pretty hefty systems. So your hand starts to get really tired and then the game switches from a flying, like a kind of like a on-rail shooter, almost like Star Fox a little bit, to a action game where you're like, you're now on the ground, you're no longer flying, and you can change between various different weapons, like they have these Wolverine-type claws, uh, they have like tonfas, they have swords, they have shooty gun thingies, <laughs> all different kinds of stuff. So it's, it's, there's all different weapons that you can get, and you can level up your weapons, you can level up Kid Icarus, and blah blah blah. It's, it's a really well done game. The, the cheeky humor between Kid Icarus and Lady Palatina is really fun to listen to. It's, it's a very like light-hearted, fun game that really deserved a better control scheme, because the system just, I don't know, if this came out on the Wii U, or if this came out on the Wii, this would have been freaking phenomenal. But I think, I just think, the fact that they had to release the game with a standee, I don't know if you knew that, yeah. but it had released with a standee that you basically had to use in order for the game to be playable at all. So unless I'm doing something wrong, maybe somebody can clue me in, um, but I just, I don't know. I really, really want to love this game, but the controls make it very difficult to do so. I tried out a friend's for like 10 minutes and I was like, no, I just can't. It's controls, too much work. Right? Yeah. I mean, you think so much about the controls that you're not able to enjoy the game. The controls yeah. should, and for me at least, the controls in a game should be intuitive. Yeah. And it wasn't intuitive, no. so I wasn't having fun. And I didn't want to put the time that it would take to invest in it to make those controls intuitive. It would mm -hmm. take hours upon hours of a learning curve, at least from what I gathered yeah. to to make that game playable. So I just I, wish that they like, play tested it. Like, wouldn't they have given this game to people and been like, all right, play this game, tell us what you think, and somebody would have been like, the controls are terrible. They were like, all please just, change the controls. They were all just accidentally savants and got a hold of it right away. Uh, apparently. And, and got we're, the, we're the goofs who don't know you what know, we're doing. We just were not smart enough for Nintendo, yeah, I guess. I guess not, no. <laughs> but it had to be mentioned, because, I mean, Nintendo was like, oh, man. People are not going to like this game. We better release a standee that'll make the game playable. Yeah, I don't know. But at least, you know, the positive was that we got a cool soundtrack with some music from Yuzo Koshiro, Very and good Sakuraba, mm -hmm. a, a ton of really, really big names like, uh, obviously, those two, uh, Noriyuki Iwadere, Masafumi right. Takada, uh, Hirokazu Tanaka, right. Yasunori Matsuda, and Takahiro Nishi all worked on this game. I mean, what an all-star cast. Totally. It's like a Super Smash Brothers reunion. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, they got the, the big guns to come out for this one. Very true. And, you know, unfortunately, it didn't do so well in the reviews, and it didn't do so well in sales, but, you know, there's always a possibility that something on the Wii U or, or the NX might come out in the future that... They should totally port this over. Yeah, Seriously. As, as long as they improved on the controls, it would be a really good port. I think it would be better with the Wii U gamepad because you, you have it with two hands, so that I, I feel like with the Wii U gamepad there'd be more room to be able to, like, you have such a small screen on the 3DS, even the bigger 3DS XL, I feel like it would really succeed very well on the Wii U. So, just like in the story, Icarus flew too high and burned his wings. Wah, wah. But you should definitely pick this track because it's even though it's a symphonic pick from me I think that 
if you listen to the melodies and the harmonies, I think that's really the... I know we have a lot of fans that really enjoy symphonic yeah. music, so yeah, true. they'll be happy for this one. True, true. Speaking of Wings, our next track in the Wings and Things category is called Wings of Death. This is an Amiga release from 1991. This is Level 2, The Jungle of Mutants, and this is by Yoshin Hippel. Of Death, from the Amiga, 1991, Level 2, The Jungle of Mutants by Yoshin Hippel. Our tracks couldn't have been more different. Yeah, no, I know. It's, uh, but I the really... The only reason they're in this category is because Wings, wings are both on things. the characters that you're controlling, Yeah, so. yeah. No, <laughs> I, I gotta say, this is probably my favorite track that you picked so far. Oh, that's the, so awesome. Yeah. No, this, this is, is a really good track. This is a really good song. Tell us about the game. The game itself is kind of your standard... 
vertical shooter, yeah. obviously, on the Amiga. Shoot him up. You play as a dragon, so it's kind of like, uh, what was that, Dragon... Not Dragon Force. Which um, is weird, because the guy on the cover of the game looks like a bird. Looks like he's turning into a bird. You evolve. Yeah. So you start off as kind of like a bird-looking thing, but then as you get power-ups, you kind of turn into a, a dragon with like a larger wingspan, okay. and then your your fire that you breathe or your weapon or whatever gets more spread out, and and the bullets become more powerful. So there's a, a large amount of powering up you can do throughout this game with different types of uh, bullets, and I, the the graphics are really well done. Mm -hmm. So the levels that you fly over look almost like a stage that you could play in like an action RPG. There's hallways and doors and rooms with chests and everything, but you're actually flying in a shoot 'em up like mm -hmm. over these really detailed dungeon-esque levels, which is really cool. And the enemies kind of run around in these levels as you're as you're shooting them. So it's kind of neat to look at what you're doing as you're cool. as you're playing through it. The music really just keeps you rocking. I mean, Yoshin Hipple I did not know about him until maybe like three or four days before this recording. Yeah. But I was talking to my buddy Brian. We were talking about chip music and Amiga stuff. And he's like, have you ever heard this dude? And I was like, no. So he linked me to a couple of his tracks. I was like, wow, this dude is really yeah. good. So this particular track uh, really stood out to me. And so I was happy that you know we were talking about that at a time where I could just pop this in the show and share it with everybody. I like that little ascending da -da 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 at the beginning. And then it just kind of ramps into this really fun, heavy, heavy snare. It's got a great it, beat. Yeah, great The beat. drums are really tight. They have a really nice beat to them that kind of complements the awesome bass line that kind of fills in. Yeah. The, my favorite part, of course, is towards the end. So right before the song kind of slows down and breaks down, it's got this awesome, like, like synth solo. Yeah, the squeedlies and the meedlies. But I really like that slow breakdown, too, right after that oh, yeah. part. It just kind of breaks up the song well enough that it gets a little repetitive at that point, and then you're like, okay, and then there's that change-up, and I'm like, all right, awesome, and then it swings right back into yeah. the loop again. So really, really well composed. Yoshin Hipple has worked on tons and tons of music. He was also a scener, but he actually did a lot of music for the Atari ST. He actually started off with the porting of Chris Holzbeck's music for the Great Guiana Sisters for the Atari ST version, and then worked on games like The Last Ninja, Quizmaster, Spaceball, all for the Atari ST, mm -hmm. Astaroth for the Amiga, which, again, that's a really fantastic soundtrack. Mm. Um, probably one of my favorites of his. And then other games like Cybernoid 2 for the Atari ST, Aleventaramis, Rings of Medusa, you know, all Atari ST and Amiga games. So he's really not an FM guy at all. These are all, right. those, you know, sample-based and chip-based yeah, yeah. soundtracks. Ninja Remix in 1999, which is well-known for its amazing soundtrack, and then wrote the credit song for Turrican 3 in 1993. That was his last uh, chip-based video disappeared. game Disappeared. Turned into a ninja, I guess. Well, what do you turn into in the West? You turn into like a ranger, because these guys aren't Japanese. Yeah. So, sure. Yeah, we were noticing this is a very East meets West yes. show. I think we only have one category where it's two Japanese composers yeah. facing off. The rest of it's all, uh, you picked like 100% Japanese yeah, composers, I and I think five out of my six songs were from Western composers. So, it's really interesting how that worked out this show. Yeah. Yeah, that was so, kind of accidental. Yeah. yeah. So that was Wings of Death in the Wings and Things category. Pick that one if you think that symphonic music is a little too hoity-toity for you. <laughs> and you really just want to dance and get your groove on. 
that you can show the Ocean Hippo some love. Yeah, man. Vote for Wings of Death. Cool. And I'll play more stuff from him if if he wins. Hey, hey, now you can't sway. All right, I won't promise. I won't promise. I'm gonna play more from him anyway because he's awesome. So yeah, I'd love to hear more. Speaking of awesome music, or not. No, I'm just kidding. This is the Sorry About Your Eardrums category. <laughs> and these are two of our loudest, brashest songs yet, but sounding very different from one another. So this is the very metal version of the Sorry About Your Eardrums uh, <laughs> category. This is Galaxy Fight. Fighting in the galaxy. So this came out on the Saturn, the Neo Geo in the arcade, and then also Neo Geo CD. This was in 1995. This is the Saturn version of the track. This is called Eternal Beauty Forever, otherwise known as Yuri's Theme, from Masato Arakawa and Takeyuki Sasaki.
Welcome back, that was my pick, Galaxy Fight for the Saturn Arcade, Neo Geo CD, and Neo Geo. Came out in 1995, and this is the Saturn version of the soundtrack. And this track is called, on the soundtrack on the arranged version, it's called Eternal Beauty Forever, but it is Yuri's theme, or Jury's theme, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Can I take my earplugs out now? Is it over? <laughs> yes, it's oh, over. Oh god, thank god. Masato Arakawa and Takayuki Sasaki worked on this track. And we really don't know that much about these guys, honestly. We did a little bit of research and the only thing that I could find was that they worked on Galaxy Fight. I'm sure that's not the case. Well, Masato Arakawa also worked on Waku Waku 7, the follow-up to Galaxy Fight. Right, and I believe one of them worked on Carrier, no? Yes, that was yeah. also Arakawa. Yes, that's right. And that was really the only information that we could find on these guys, so not a lot to, to talk about. But man, this track is awesome. I mean, straight-up awesome heavy metal, thrash metal, whatever you want to call it. It's just all around awesome. I really love the bass line going with the guitar riff. Just love when they kind of harmonize those two together. And it's just really chuggy, awesome song. Kind of has this riff that they go into and then the riff breaks and then you get these amazing guitar solos. Then you get these neat little drum fills, kind of like a drum solo drum fill, and then it kicks back into the main riff. So really good stuff. This track was straight up Megadeth. I mean, if you've ever heard anything off of like Rust in Peace, the album Rust in Peace, totally Galaxy Fight. So, good stuff. To my untrained ears, it sounds like a bunch of people moving their arms as fast as possible over their respective <laughs> instruments and saying to heck with everything else. <laughs> no, there's some really good melody and really good, like, I mean, it's not it's not soaring and uplifting, but it's just really awesome yeah. kick-ass music. Oh, I can, I mean, it's, it's well-done music if you like that kind of thing. So. True. I'm not gonna poo-poo all over your track. That's true. You're not going Even to poo-poo all, want to. Over, all over my track. <laughs> Galaxy Fight is an interesting little game. I picked it up on a whim for the Saturn, and it's pretty awesome. I mean, it's, it's not a street fighter fighter. It is one of the more unconventional yeah. fighters that Sega kind of came out with. It's or, visually creative. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very... It looks like a Sunsoft. Or Sunsoft, right. Yeah, Sunsoft developed the game, right. and this is actually one of the few fighting games that they came out with. Their first fighting game that they came out with was back on the Super Famicom, which was a spin-off of the Hebereke series, Sugoi Hebereke. And then they came out with this a year later, and Galaxy Fight, the full title is Universal Warriors, and it came out in the arcade, and then they ported it to Neo Geo, of course, Neo Geo, Neo Geo CD and Saturn and the PlayStation all got ports. It also came out on Virtual Console and the PlayStation Network in Japan, so if you live in Japan and you're listening to this, go download it, because it's pretty cool. Uh, the game's fairly affordable now, so if you want to experiment and play it on your Saturn, by all means, it got a North American release for whatever reason, so definitely check it out. Uh, the characters are all really weird. I mean, they're not. there's no overwhelming theme. They're I, all very different. I think that's the main appeal of the game. Yeah. You know, the game itself is, it's a, it's a bit stiff, you know? Yeah. Comparing any 2D fighting game out there when, like, you know, Street Fighter II, which is like the cream of the crop, or, mm. or Mortal Kombat, you know, anything doesn't really match up to that. But I feel like visually, 
And uh, in in terms of characterization goes, Galaxy Fight had a lot going for it. You know, especially like when we talked about our on our Jalico episode, how Jalico really tried and failed to come up with interesting characters mm-hmm. in their fighting and beat 'em up games. I think Sunsoft really succeeded in this one in coming up with some very unique looking and behaving characters. Yeah, there's this character named Musafar. He's a robot. Yes, and he sounds like a pinball game. When you're playing as him, like when he gets hit or when he hits, yeah, you got like these very like (laughs) bing bong, like ding ding, like really cool like pinball sound effects. Some really neat ideas. There's actually a character whose name is Rumi, and she's like the Felicia character, like in Darkstalkers, if you will. She is very busty and very like elf-like, I guess you could say, or like cat-like. But what's interesting about her is she comes from a planet that is based on another Sunsoft game. If you remember, there's a game that came out, it was for the Game Boy, and it's one of the most expensive Game Boy games ever. It's it's called, it had a very low print run, it's called, I think, Trip World? Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. that, yep. And the characters, you'll see some of the characters kind of bouncing around, it's a very cutesy platformer type game, and some of those characters are like in the level as you're playing through the level. There's a lot visually to look at in this game, in the backgrounds, and it's just a really creative, fun fighter. You're going from planet to planet in the story mode, and you're basically representing your planet, if you will, and you're going to all these other planets to fight these other enemies. And the soundtrack on a whole isn't just this type of metal yeah, either. There's a lot of really good electronic music and some like industrial style stuff. Yeah. So yeah, there were a lot of tracks that really appealed to me, and yeah. I'm sure a lot of tracks that also appealed to Mike. So the game, I guess what we're trying to say is the game has a little something for everybody. Agreed. You know, both different types of visual styles, different types of musical styles, different types of gameplay styles, mm-hmm. depending on who you're playing as. Yeah, So it's, it's definitely a recommended pick by, by both of us to yeah. go check out Galaxy Fight. The characters are all very different. They all play very different, so not all the characters play identical. I would say if I had to compare this game to another fighter, I'd probably see Guilty Gear. It's not as fluid as Guilty Gear, yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, Very you similar can't do as much as you can in Guilty Gear. As far it's an as older like, game, so yeah, it is older, but it's very fast paced. Like you can, you know, you get the running dash and then the jumping and and the attacking. It's all very fast, and the rounds go by super quick. Yeah, so, so. being on the Neo Geo, you can definitely play it in Mame, and if you like it in Mame, then go out and find the Saturn version because it's got the arranged soundtrack. It's got a little bit extra in terms of animation and stuff because there's more memory for there. So, and there's characters to out. unlock too. There's actually a character that is from Trip World, and his name is Jacopo, and he is a character. It's there's another character called Rawe. And it's their pet rabbit, and it's kind of like a mini-boss, or like a mid-boss before you fight the main villain, Felden. So, yeah, it's really cool. I definitely recommend, if you're looking for something different, but you're looking for something similar to Street Fighter, but also very different from Street Fighter, it kind of meets both of those Just goals. Just for a good fighting game. Yeah. Yeah. Word. All right. Next track, Crypt of the Necrodancer. This is a recent release. This came out in 2015 on Steam, and I think Game of Games as well. This is Cryptech by a very prolific and this guy's great. popular composer known yeah. as Derry, Derry, Derry. Danny Baranowski. Enjoy.
Oh, are we done? That's so good. I'm sorry. I've been sitting on that track for a while. <laughs> that was Crypt of the Necro Dancer. The track was called Cryptech, and that was a 2015 PC release composed by Derry. I did it again. <laughs> composed by Danny Baranowski. And wow, what a really cool electronic groove that one has. This one lost me. Sorry, I, I, it, it started out really good and really strong, and then, I don't know, like, I, I kind of faded out, like, in and out throughout the entire song. Like, there were some parts that really kind of gripped me, particularly when they started doing more harmony, more melody type stuff, a lot of, like, me Like that kind of Arabian-style uh, yeah, weed. Yeah. yeah, and then it lost me again, and then it just, by the end of the track, I was like, is this exactly like you said, is this over, but for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> So, not a bad track, just not my cup of tea. It's okay, it's yeah. alright. I, uh, I remember I hadn't played the game yet, but I was hearing really good things about the soundtrack, so I grabbed it from the internet and I was listening to it on the way home from work, and this particular track came on and I was like, I almost stopped the car in the middle of the hallway. I was like, or the highway. The hallway? Like, he, he was driving down the hallway at work <laughs> in my in my little car. I just picture the little smart you were, car. You were on your way home and you turned around, drove back to school, drove through the hallway, and you rolled down your window and you were just like, "This is the best song ever. <laughs> I need to do this one." Oh I'm. my god. So uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, I, I just <laughs> made a mental note of this particular track and I was like, next free pick episode we Boom. do this one is going in it so but that's you know one of the reasons why we put this in the sorry by your eardrums category is this one does get really really aggressive towards yeah. the middle it's a big wall of electronic sound but it kind of blends rock and like that kind of like almost george thorogood kind of groove at the beginning da, 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 like a bluesy right. very very cool but it's all done with synthesizers and uh, so, you know, Derry Baranowski, he is known... Derry, oh my god. Wow, three times, Because dude. I'm doing a Barra, Dara. Yeah, Barra. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Baranowski is really well known for doing the... the last That's name, what right? I'm doing now. <laughs> Baranowski is really well known for doing the Super Meat Boy soundtrack. Yes. And that's where he kind of made his fame. Really, really like that Everybody soundtrack. really, really likes oh, that yeah. soundtrack. So, you know, he followed it up with this one. And I don't think it's gotten as much notoriety as Meat Boy, but I think it's it's more along my tastes. I think it has a little bit more of that aggressive, uh, dubstepy kind of feel yeah. to it. So I really like it. This game came out on Windows, Mac, Linux, PS4, and the Vita. It's a roguelike game, but it's also a rhythm game. So I remember when we had our buddy Cameron on, we were talking about Crystallis. Right, Chrysalis. Either one, Crystallis, <laughs> according to the actual commercial for it. Uh, but you were talking about how you would play the game but only attack on the beat. Right. This is that kind of game. Right. So it's a top-down style game uh, where you're you know, roaming through dungeons and collecting treasures and defeating enemies. But it's also a rhythm game. So you move from location to location you know, on the map, on mm -hmm. the beat, attack on the beat. Right. I thought of that as soon as I figured out what kind of game it was. It really brought me back to when you were talking about Crystallis and how you kind of almost made that game similar to this for yourself. My biggest problem with playing this game... Roguelike. Yes. Yeah, I know you don't like those style yes. games. Yes, yes. And I, I don't blame you. I yeah. mean, it's not for everybody. Yeah. I mean, it's also on PC and game systems you don't own yet, so you probably wouldn't be playing it. Yeah. Anyway. True. But the gameplay itself... I So, so I, I feel like if this were a game with preset levels... That I think you would really yeah. enjoy it. Yeah, very similar to a game like Harmonite 
on the 3DS. Right. Yeah. Uh, action platformer based game that is rhythm based as well. So you attack with the yeah. rhythm. Or something so, like a res on the Dreamcast. Yeah, like something that I can get better at and still have a goal to obtain. And with a roguelike, unfortunately, everything's always different when you go into the dungeon, so. Some, some roguelike games have boss rooms, but yeah. the locations of the boss rooms change, but different, once you beat right. the boss, yeah. you know, the game remembers that you've beaten the boss. Yeah. So, kind of like Rogue Legacy, where, you know, you it's a Castlevania-style castle that's always changing, but there's four bosses and then a final boss. So mm -hmm. once you beat a boss, you you still you go back into the random dungeon after you die with what you've picked up and you know your, right. your level ups and stuff. But yeah, I know you like to memorize a level and then optimize your gameplay through that level as right. best as you can. Yeah. So it's very hard to do, obviously, with a, with a randomizing level a dungeon. I mean, I mean, there are games that I've played where the pattern changes, but the pattern should always be a pattern. And that's kind of where, like there shouldn't be rules. And I think that's kind of my big issue with roguelikes is there are no rules. There's a there's a rule and that's it's always changing. And that, that's not a rule to me. It's like, it, picture entering into your home and every time you come into your room or every time you come into your house, all the rooms are completely different. That'd be awesome. Like your game room is upstairs and your living room is downstairs. I would love it. And you, and, I would love that. And your, and your kitchen is where your your bedroom is, and your bathroom is where your, I don't know, shed where you keep the lawn You'd never stuff get bored. Is. Like, no. I, oh, I would hate that. <laughs> That'd be terrible. It'd be like, up is up and down is down, but instead, down is up and up is down. I mean, it would suck if you really, like, had to pee in the middle of the night and needed to find the bathroom. Oh my god. <laughs> where do I go? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think this is going to boil down to, again, we've picked very polarizing, opinionated tracks. You know, pick Crypt of the Necro Dancer if you're looking for something that's a little bit more groove-based, a little bit more electronic. Dancefloor style. Yeah, dancey. And then if you're looking for something that's more just energetic and, and, and balls-to-the-wall metal, then go with me on Galaxy Fight. But anyways, this is our last category coming up for our free picks. Two Turbo Hyper Fighting Edition. The totally mismatched, but f*** it category. <laughs> I, we tried well, really hard. we've got two remaining picks here. Yeah, and you guys got to keep in mind that when we pick these tracks, like I pick six and Ed picks six, and then afterwards we get together and we're like, um... We don't okay. do it with categories Yeah, involved. like we were like, uh, we could fit this one in here, I guess. Uh, that makes sense, but this doesn't. So we ran out of tracks and it, it got to the point where we were just like, what are we going to do for these two? And I put like <laughs> tentative adventure games and ed was like no no because my game totally is my game has adventure in the title but it's not an adventure game uh, so it didn't okay. really work out like that so yeah. this is the totally mismatched but f it category exactly we're gonna start off with a game that we've played a track from yes. in the past yes this is ease the oath in felgana which is the remake of ease three wanderers from ease this came out on the pc and the psp the game was released in 2005 and this song's called the searing struggle and the original composer of this track is Mieko Ishikawa, and the arranger of this track is Yukihiro Jindo.
Welcome back! Oh, my balls, they've been wrecked by that song! A Searing Struggle, which is from Ease the Oath in Felgana, came out on the PSP and the PC. I almost said the PCP. Yes. That would be Trip World. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Trip World. <laughs> Mieko Ishikawa did the original version of that song for the original game, which the game is a remake of, Wanderers from Yeez or Yeez 3, whatever you want to call it. Yuki Hiro Jindo worked on the arrangement. Man, I love that song. Yeah, it's a really great track. Oh, my God. All right, so let's start off describing the song. So it starts off with these awesome meatly guitars, meatly squeedly guitars, just up and down and up and very Castlevania-ish again. And then you've got these amazing, powerful synth hits that come in with these bombastic like kettle drums, like a bum, 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 just, oh. Yeah, the original version really of the song is very powerful yeah, too, so this yeah. really takes that and runs with it. Yeah, absolutely. And just the guitar work on this is phenomenal. I mean, again, a very synth symphonic metal song, power metal, symphonic metal, very similar to that. But it has enough so that it kind of breaks down from that, almost like crescendo, if you will. It's like an instant crescendo, and then it kind of fizzles, and you've got this very, like, kind of bobbing head, like, doo 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 just very, like, <laughs> adventure-esque type of song. Yeah. And, and it, 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 to me, it kind of loses a little steam there, but because you got to keep listening because you get these building solos that just keep coming and coming and building and building. And, and it kind of rolls back into, very naturally rolls back into that amazing crescendo again with those bombastic synth hits and, and drums. It's, it's really well done. Yeah, the tone was a little more even in the original track, because obviously the original right. track was, depending on what you were playing the game on, it was either Wavetable or FM or uh, Super Nintendo. The Oath and Felgana tracks kind of follow a pattern because uh, we played the, I believe it was Be Careful. Yes. In the... Uh, Same song, different system. Volume 2. Right. And so... Was it Volume 2 or Volume 1? I think it was Volume 1, actually. All right, well, one of our same song, yeah. different system episodes. <laughs> and so they always kind of add, just before the loop, a kind of like solo section of the song, which didn't actually appear in the original right. music. And I think for me, that's where it kind of gets weak. And I think that's kind of where you were talking about, too. It kind of loses a little bit of the melody. It kind of gets a little sweetly mealy before it goes back into that bombastic section. The part where it fades and it cuts into the actual main melody is the part where I kind of lose a little oh, okay. bit of interest. So we're losing interest in different places. Yeah, yeah. More the, the solo stuff grips me. That's the stuff yeah, that's like... Yeah, that gets too metal for me. If, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I like I like a song that has, like, a melody that goes through it, like a, I guess you could say, like a verse, if you will. And that's definitely the verse part of the song. Yeah. It's just because you start off so strong and then kind of fizzle and fade into something that's a little bit more like... I don't know. I don't want to call it dancey, but it's more like just kind of like a rock back and forth, like a da 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 bum 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 bum. It's very like relaxed kind of sounding, and then to then rush into a solo, it that that's the thing is if it's gonna start strong and it's gonna end strong, I want it to be strong throughout the entire thing, and so that's what kind of loses me is the middle part. It's not bad. It's not like. I just like the track. Obviously, I picked it. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, I wish the whole song was as bombastic and booming and loud as the beginning and the end. So. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. So, uh, Yukihiro Jindo works with Falcom primarily and did a ton of these 
games, including Eve-7, a lot of the Legend of Heroes games. Brandish uh, did arrangements for Eve-1 and 2, as well as 3. So he does a lot of where he takes, you know, music from older chiptunes and arranges them into songs like this. Much heavier, much more modern sounding. But then also writes original pieces of his own for brand new games as well. So... Uh, you know, Falcom is well known for their amazing games as well as their equally amazing, if not more so amazing, soundtracks. So to become a, a like a house composer with Falcom, you need to have some chops, and I think this guy definitely does. And the original composer, Mayuko Ishikawa, she actually she, was... She's like a grandmother of, yeah. of, of Falcom music, exactly. basically. She started uh, out on Dragon Slayer 4, Drazzle Family, which was actually Legacy of the Wizard in mm-hmm. North America. Also, music from Yeez, did tons of Yeez games, music from Yeez and Yeez 2. With Yuzo Koshiro? Yeah, with Yuzo Koshiro, of course. And also did the music from, again, Yeez 3, Wanders from Yeez, which that's what this track was arranged. It's my favorite Yeez soundtrack of all time. Yes, especially on the Super Nintendo, but, you know, we already talked about that. Yep. Same song, different composer. Brandish 2, worked on Legend of Xanadu. Brandish 3, Yeez 5, Legend of Heroes 3. So, obviously, tons and tons of... Falcom games. Falcom games. So, yeah. As far as Ease, the Oath and Felgana, I don't know. I mean, I haven't played this one, per se. I've wanted to get it for a long time now, but yeah. it's getting pricey, so... We talked about it a bit the last time yeah. we, uh, we we mentioned it. It's, it's a... It's a more action-y overhead style remake yeah. of the Ease 3 story as opposed to the side-scrolling game, oh, which the original was... is brutally difficult. Yeah. So this one is, of course, I'm sure the difficulty is there, but not... It's it's not to the point where it's like, I touched one enemy, I'm dead. Yeah, the challenge know? increases over time rather than being immediately hard as soon as you... Right. You, don't, you don't start off so underpowered, right, basically. Right, exactly. Yeah. Even, even today, playing Ease 3, the original version, is, is very, oh. very hard, even with a lot of video game experience exactly. that I have. But... Uh, they, they kind of balanced it out in Oath of Felgana. So if you want to experience the story of these three, Oath of Felgana is a little more welcoming than, than the original game is. Anyways, let's get on to our next and last track. This is about as obscure as you can get, and that's <laughs> even after the other games that I've played this episode. Right. This one is called The Morning Adventure. This is a GBA game from 2003. This is the gameplay theme from one of our favorites, Alberto Jose Gonzalez.
welcome back. That was Alberto Jose Gonzalez with The Morning Adventure. And that was a 2003 release for the Game Boy Advance. And that game was released only in Spain. And it yeah, was tell a... Us, tell us why. Okay, so it's a platforming advert game for a Spanish breakfast food known as a mañanito. You pick the weirdest games. Yes. Games based on hippos and baby elephants and cookies and... Exactly. You're a weird dude. Exactly. So... <laughs> I like how you said exactly that. I, I don't deny it at all. This, well, see, this came from a conversation I actually had with Alberto Gonzalez. Okay. And so I had mentioned something about one of his soundtracks, Lucky Luke, for the for the Game Boy. Yes. I really, really enjoyed the Jail Level track. And he said that he didn't have a good experience making that soundtrack. He was too rushed or he just he didn't have any good ideas right. for it. And I was like, well, I'm sorry that, you know, you felt that way about it, but I just want to let you know that I really enjoy that particular soundtrack. He was, you know, so we were a little, talking a little bit back and forth and I was like, well, I don't really know of a portable soundtrack or any soundtrack that you've done that I haven't been a fan of. You know, I've liked everything I've heard. And he was like, well, thank you, but, you know, I'm, I'm really not happy with any of the Game Boy Advance stuff that I did. So I was like, well, I didn't really have too much experience with this Game Boy Advance track. So after okay. the conversation, I kind of like, you know, went and did my own little research on to which games he worked on. Mm -hmm. And I found The Morning Adventure. I'm like, I would never have ever heard this game if I wasn't specifically searching for Game Boy Advance games composed by Alberto Jose <laughs> Gonzalez. Yeah. So it pops up. And I'm listening to it, and I really enjoy this this track. And I'm like, well, it doesn't sound like the Game Boy stuff. You know, you can't really do those arpeggios and a lot of those little tricks that you can do on right. the Game Boy. But it's still a really good track. I really like those sharp pianos, and the sounds are very crisp and clear. It's very light-hearted, and actually, it sounds. You know how we were talking about on that other episode, the one right before this one, when we were talking about the Toy Story song and how it sounds like all the notes are like like being banged. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. And, and that's I, I can see his point, pers his perspective on this, because it's kind of the same thing with this. Like to me, it, it sounds like every note is being played at its like full extent, like brown, 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 brown. Like it's very harsh sounding to me. Hmm. And it's not bad. Like the composition itself is, is solid, but I just, I can see where he's coming from in thinking that he wasn't happy with this. This sounds... And I think it's completely the sound font itself that does that. Not... Yeah, it, it sounds a lot like a couple of like Super Nintendo demos and, and trainers that yeah. I, I've heard before. Yeah, it does. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I guess his main source of frustration was that the Game Boy Advance sound hardware was not mm -hmm. nearly as fully featured as the Game Boy was. Or even the Super so, Nintendo. So yeah, so yeah. I wanted to play this as a demonstration of, you know, you could still make a song sound really good right. if you're a talented composer oh, and, and you're not necessarily working with hardware that, that is up to snuff for what you want to do. And also because it's a cool little obscure game that I just wanted people to, to know about. You and your freaking Spanish cookie game. <laughs> so, yeah, you play as this kid, and he's in the house. Mario. And he has to find something. Wake his family up, I think, is the... So you have to get from room to room. So he's got to wake his brother Luigi up. To... Like his, I think his parents and his brother or something like that. I'm not, I'm not 100 percent sure. I've played through some of it, but not all of it. The character, for the record, I'm stating, he looks like Mario. He's got a red hat. Doesn't look anything like Mario. He's got Mario. a red shirt. He's got, he's got red blue. hair. He's a kid. Listen, if Mario and Sonic had a baby, it would be this kid. Okay. I mean, it looks like overalls, but he's just wearing a messenger bag like slung over his shoulder. So. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. He looks like Mario. Okay. That's all I'm gonna say. But so he has the mannerisms of Sonic. 
Like the, the he, he's got really cool facial features like where he, he's excited, so he's like running, or he's like angry, so he's like, you know, I don't know. I guess, I didn't see any of that, but well, you, we'll post some video of it and yeah. see what people think. There you go. So you, you're running through your house, and of course you can hop on your shelves, and like your house is this whole platforming kind of area, and you've got to get to everybody's bedrooms and, and touch their alarm clocks so that they start to wake up. So wait, so their alarm clocks are going off the whole time, or it's just when you enter into the room? When you enter into their room, you've got to get to their bed, and next to their bed is the alarm clock. But is the alarm clock going as no. soon as you get in? No. Okay. No, okay. you have to get up there and touch the alarm clock to set it off so that your family wakes up for breakfast. <laughs> I'm just picturing, like, the the visual aspect of of, like thinking that if this happened in real life, you know, like if you were a kid and you ran into your parents' bedroom before the alarm clock even went off, but you hit it to turn it on, and then they have to turn it off, you'd be like, what if it was Saturday morning, man? What if your parents are sleeping this in? This kid wants breakfast. I don't know. Anyways, there's Monday this kid can run around and do all that stuff, he can make his own breakfast. Listen, dude, it's an advertisement game. True. For a Spanish breakfast Spanish food. breakfast, yes. So the cool thing about it is the levels are impossible to play normally. So your character can't run very fast, can't jump very high, etc., mm-hmm. etc. When you collect these mañanitos, they give you powers. So you can run faster, jump higher. You are ready for the day, you know, as, as the marketing advertisement people would want to, you know, convey to you. Right. So once you collect these, you have a little power meter that drains pretty quickly. But during that time, you get a little like blurry image behind you and you know that you are faster and and stronger so that you can make these jumps and get to these platforms that you couldn't normally. And then you have to jump on all these toys and like dirigibles and, 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 and enemies that are all over the house. So you basically have to use these mañanitos that are all over the place to get these powers, to get to these areas so that you can get to each bedroom and wake up each member of the family and then. So the whole game takes place inside the house. And while you're playing the whole game, this cool music is playing in the background. It's just, it's fun. For a free game, I mean, you get a free Alberto Jose Gonzalez soundtrack. You can't really go wrong with that. True. And that is The Morning Adventure. You're The Morning Adventure. Nice. Oh, all right. Every morning's an adventure when you live in my house, that's for sure. With two kids. You missed, you missed the joke, man. You could have said, that's what my wife says. Oh, no, I'm an evening adventure with her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that will just about do it for our totally mismatched, but fuck it category. <laughs> so that's it. I mean, this was a very polarizing episode as far as our opinions go. A lot of variety. Yes. A lot of different opinions. And we are really excited to hear what you guys think about the 12 tracks that we've chosen for this show. So, yeah, that's what we got. I mean, pick my... I I would say if I had an overarching theme to my tracks, I would say very Castlevania, big harmonies, big melodies, but also a little bit of funk in there. A little bit of funk, a little bit of hip-hop with that Sonic track. So I kind of threw you for a loop there, but, you know, most of the tracks are very energetic, very electric rock metal music. Yeah, and I think... Like, counterpointing yours, mine was all very Western, kind of scene-style, chip-tune-y, lots of arpeggios, lots of uh, big melodies and stuff like that. So let's go over the categories one more time. Our first category was the Infectious Groove category. Mike's pick was Sonic Rush, and that was a DS game from 2005. That was back-to-back from Hideki Naganuma and Teruhiko Nakagawa. And then my pick for that category was from Break Quest. That was a PC game from 2002, and the track's name was Noisy Pillars 2001 from Thomas Mogensen, otherwise known as Drax. 
And the next category is the clothing optional category. My track was Senran Kagura 2 Deep Crimson for the 3DS 2014 release. Beyond Light and Darkness Vocal was the name of the track and that was by Tatsushi Hayashi. Lyrics by Riku Ono. And Ed's track was Gachi Tora Abarenbo Kyoshi in High School. Roughneck Teacher in High School. That was for the PSP, and that came out in 2011. That track was called Battle One, and that's Yasushi Asada composed that track. The Game Boy Oh Boy That's Good category included Action Man, which was Mike's pick. That was a Game Boy Color track released in 2001. That was Moon Base 2 from Iku Mizutani. My pick was Autophantin Commando Stodebaker, and that was a Game Boy Color release also in 2001. And the track title was Divorstadt or The Suburbs by Stello Dosis. The next category is the Wings and Things category. My pick was Kid Icarus Uprising, the 3DS game that came out in 2012. The track was Magnus's theme, or Magnus and the Dark Lord as it's known on the soundtrack. Yuzo Koshiro composed the track and Natsumi Kameoka did arrangement, along with Yasunori Matsuda. Ed's track was Wings of Death on the Amiga. 1991 was the release date. That track was called Level 2, The Jungle of Mutants, by, by Yoshin Hippel. In the Sorry About Your Eardrums category, <laughs> my favorite category, Mike's pick was the Saturn version of Galaxy Fight, which came out in 1995. He picked Eternal Beauty Forever, Yuri's theme from Asato Arakawa and Takeyuki Sasaki. My pick was Crypt of the Necro Dancer, a 2015 PC game, and the track name was Cryptech by Danny Baranowski. The last category was the totally mismatched, but fuck it category. My pick was Ease the Oath and Felgana for the PC and PSP, and that was a searing struggle. And the track was originally composed by Mieko Ishikawa, however, the arrangement was done by Yukihiro Jindo. And Ed's pick, The Morning Adventure for the Game Boy Advance 2003 release. Gameplay theme was the track, and that was by Alberto Jose Gonzalez. All right, so your instructions. Basically, vote. You can comment on pixeltoonsradio.com. We will have the episode pinned to the top of our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash pixeltoonsradio, and you can vote in the comments underneath the show notes. You may also send us your votes via Twitter if you can fit it into 140 characters, but that might be a little bit difficult. You can also vote on youtube.com forward slash dongle. Just we'll link you to the YouTube video or it'll be on the Facebook group as well. And you could leave comments there for your picks and we'll include those into the voting. So we're not just doing Facebook this time around. We're going to do everything. Anyway, you want to contact us. You can also stop into Mike's house and let him know while he's sleeping. Yes, yes. Just whisper into my ear. Just be like, Hey, I really like that Action Man song. I'll just be like, oh, oh my god. Who is this? Oh, a What's voter. Happening? Thanks for listening. Oh, a voter. Thanks. <laughs> How did you get into my house? Bye. You can't vote on iTunes, but you can listen to the podcast on iTunes. So always give us a, a comment or a compliment or a constructive criticism, if you will, on iTunes. We love hearing reviews and reader feedback, if you will. Ratings on iTunes always make our show a little bit more visible for people trying to find awesome video game music shows. So every vote and every rating on iTunes does count. We really appreciate those. That's right. And thank you for 50 
episodes. Glorious episodes. Yes, our fan base has certainly grown since episode one, and so many of you guys have been so kind to us over the past year and a half, almost two years now, yeah. actually. Yeah, it we're be going... be two years next, next Yeah, one January. year and ten months at this point. Yeah. So we've got so much good feedback from you guys and so many awesome track suggestions and composer suggestions and game suggestions and we just love sharing everything and and definitely you know facebook.com uh, slash group slash pixel tunes radio is the place where we do you know most of our talking with you guys and we really enjoy hanging out there and posting and reading and sharing all this vgm goodness good times man 50 episodes i remember when we started in my old apartment oh yeah and a tiny little apartment. A tiny little apartment, and we had the, we had like this, these two tables. I would that bring you my TV over. tables because you, you didn't those? have any furniture. In yeah, there. yeah, just a couch. Yeah, yeah. Because my table broke. Two wobbly, wobbly, two tables wobbly TV tables. Balance the computers and the microphone on. Yeah. And we would, we didn't have any like pop filters or any of that stuff. We just kind of winged it, and you know those episodes are fun to go back and listen to as well. But when you compare them to the later stuff, I think we we have obviously evolved. Of course, everybody evolves and gets better as they go along. So It's true. So let us know what your picks are. We want to hear who you thought won, what track you thought was the best, so that we can have a future either Mike's Picks or Ed's Picks episode as the winner. Yeah, so episode 52, like we said before, will be the results episode well it'll be a results episode but we will announce the results at right. the top of the show yeah let you guys know who won which tracks were the most popular among you guys and we're really looking forward to the results next episode however episode 51 will be our annual winter themed episode that's right winter tracks for a winter time get to snuggle up next to a cup of hot cocoa and listen to some jamming tracks for the holiday season. Yeah, and that'll also be the first day of Hanukkah that we're recording that on, so might have a little something-something for Mike to open. Oh, man. <laughs> joy, oh, joy. That'll be fun. Yes. All right, guys, we will see you in two weeks. Remember to bring your hot cocoa and your blankets with you because we'll be talking about some icy, icy levels. Peace out, nip slippers. Peace. <laughs>